You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would trade anything for love. Hey guys, welcome to ISO The Buns Podcast. Interview this week is with Bayzad from Naked and Famous Denim. Uh, spoiler alert: I'm a huge denim head, so uh, I had a lot of fun with this one. But before we get to that, how's your week going? Things are good. Sorry for the lack of podcasts for a while. I was stuck in Japan with uh, not a lot of bandwidth to upload episodes, so I apologize. Uh, we're I got a few kind of in the chamber, so if some of the This Week in Buns sounds like last week or the previous week in Buns, uh, forgive me. But speaking of, here's This Week in Buns. This Week in Buns, we find out about Motown Nickelback, a world record time for helping two children, and what to do when you're too high. And also, whatever you do, don't read the comments. But Orin, I like reading the comments. <laughs> I know that they're good. They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Buzz Podcast in search of ISO. I'm Orin. And I'm Laura. And as you know, every week we bring you the best of the best of all the Buzz Trading Zones. And like every other week, Laura, what do you do when you're just too damn high? Well, uh, Maria, or Mira, rather, knows, definitely, this honey... She just got a little bit too litty for a Monday afternoon. After a hard weekend, she just, you know, accidentally got really, really stoned and was immobile. She's like, <laughs> I just can't move, incapable of movement, and all I want is some snacks. I'll fulfill your wildest wishes within reason, obviously. Uh, and she just put a picture up of some pies just for reference, which makes me think maybe did she want pies? Because that's what I want when I get high. Just a wonderful pie. <laughs> uh, pie I, when you're high. I think there should... I mean, I'm not sure what the levels of getting high are, but I'm, <laughs> one of those levels must be I'm too high to move. <laughs> too high to move and too high that you need a pie. Yeah. <laughs> in Definitely that order. In that order. All right. I found this wonderful, wonderful post. Um, you know, apple picking season is coming up. And some t- this woman got just a little bit too eager and picked 30 extra pounds of apples. <laughs> fresh Macintoshes, to be exact. So if you're in the mood for some uh, some freshly picked Ontario apples, she's your girl. Only uh, only a, a slight 30 pounds of only, apples over. Only 30 pounds extra. You know, and I get it. You know, you get super excited. Just the eager picker. She just got too into it. But thank God for buns. So I'm just finagling my mic here make sure nothing is uh oh finessing it let's see Ooh, zoe what a good message in search of dog lovers who work from home or near college in dover court so basically she's looking for someone who works at home who wants to kind of babysit her dog oh it's a nine-year-old french bulldog adorbs but basically she has a new job and She's away from the dock for too long, and the dock can get to get, you know, not home for that long. You can't really do much. and She needs a a, a, a guy there beside her. <laughs> Someone. Just somebody there. Giving her just some love and affection. <laughs> Hold on. She needs a kid from the 1920s? <laughs> yeah. You just need a little paper boy to keep her company. <laughs> so there's all these lovely photos of, uh, of Nikki, the dog, who is adorbs, and I really hope she finds someone because, um, I mean, honestly, if I was less busy... I'd have a dog. Yeah. Um, and I might just get a French bulldog. This one's really, I love the picture. She's sitting in a stroller and just looking the happiest you've ever seen a dog. Yeah, I'm not I'm not for dogs and strollers, but I, I, oh. I, I get how someone could love a dog enough like a child <laughs> yep. to put them in an actual car seat. Oh, God. <laughs> Magic. Found uh, a corn chip troll lurking around buns. It was quite magic, I will say. Uh, you you have to explain that. A corn chip troll. <laughs> corn chip troll. So uh, Julia, this uh, sneaky girl, 
posting on all these um posting on all these posts uh basically people have you know various isos regardless of the iso she goes i'll give you a corn chip i'll give you a half a corn chip i'll give you a whole corn chip like just on like four different posts as i was scrolling i saw this girl and she's my hero but she's also probably the biggest ninny on buds right now (laughs) (laughs) the comments are so good for so many reasons and it brings us uh, lots of fun in this case people putting up weird trades or weird items and people going along with it into the joke Mm -hmm. Uh, the next story we're going to go into it combines the comments yep and like i said don't read the comments or read them, but let them be at your own peril. Mm-hmm. So this starts off actually as an, uh, a terrible post. Um, a woman, she was she was jumped for her bike in uh, in Kensington mm-hmm. by by fentanyl dealers, uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was really crazy. How did they? How did she know it was a fentanyl dealer? I I, I, uh, I don't know. We deal fentanyl no, and we're taking your bike. That's weird, man. Why'd you open with that? <laughs> I, <laughs> but I mean that that's the really crappy part. She's hoping to get her to get her. Uh, get her bike back. Mm-hmm. And then we dig into the comments a little bit. This has really nothing to do with it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody posts, what savages? And Melissa posts, hey, please edit, don't say, quote unquote, savages. This is a harmful word and a racist slur still used against indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Davey pops up, pipes up and says, are you for real? The word savage is not a harmful or racist slur in this context. That was bold. Um, it's a word, a word that dates back to this, and blah, blah, blah. Wild, undomesticated, untamed. It has nothing to do with being racist slur unless you make it so. I'm pretty sure the person who used it wasn't being racist, and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone else chimes in and says, Hey, Davey, a white guy telling an indigenous woman about what an indigenous slur is? Yeah. Ooh. Um, and, and we love this podcast and yeah. we are still figuring this out and feeling this out mm-hmm. but this is a very this is important yeah because I mean the comments are a big part of what uh, yeah. what Buns is I mean that's how things sort of manifest themselves mm-hmm. I did not know much about this word before before we started this podcast yeah. in terms of what it meant to indigenous people exactly we both agree that mm-hmm. the world is becoming different where it's changing and you can use pc culture you can use whatever word you want to use with it yeah but i think in this context in so many contexts like there's free speech there's hate speech Mm -hmm. and there's this crazy gray area in the middle which we're not too sure where that is at the moment but how often are you using the word savage where it means that much to you're going to argue with someone who says hey that, that word that word's pretty harmful to me and it's still being used yeah against other people so I'm not sure if you wake up every morning and you're like, oh man, this is coffee I had, savage. Savage you know? coffee. <laughs> that bathroom break I had today, wouldn't yeah. believe it, it was savage. Yeah. I get that that word doesn't mean anything to you, but yeah. to a lot of people, yeah. that is a very hurtful word. Yeah. And so it's weird. You keep going to the to the, to the the comments. We're mm-hmm. going back and forth and back and forth and back and yeah. forth. And some people are like, hey, that's an easy concession to make. Just say, don't say savages anymore. But some yeah. people are like, you know what? my right to say whatever word I want yeah. in this context I didn't mean like that yeah. so it's not going to mean that and so this is a debate and a question we're going to yeah. deal with for a very long period of time we're changing we don't use certain words anymore because yeah. they mean something different to other people yeah. and remember you're talking to a black guy yeah. here, here so I think we can find one or two words that maybe I don't want you to say Yeah, you know the other thing too is like if someone if you say something and someone's like yo man I don't like that can you please not say that why you gotta be so defensive? Just be like, oh, I'm sorry. True. Yeah. And you know, like it's done and done. Yeah, no one's gonna fault you for that. Yeah. No one's gonna be like, oh, you didn't know? How dare you? It's like, no, yeah. this, hey, I don't like using that word. It's yeah. harmful. Like, sorry, I didn't know. Yeah, because Savage is used in like popular culture now, like, right? Bad Gal Riri, didn't they tell you that I was a savage, right? Yeah. Like, these are like words that are said, but if someone t- straight up is like, I don't like it. Then why why are you gonna argue with them? <laughs> and also, like they're offended. Yeah. Also, Riri, Riri is a princess, so yeah. whatever she says, I'm okay with. Whatever she says, guys. <laughs> How about from that downtime, mm-hmm. that, that down period of this uh, show, to one of the nicest things oh, I think we've ever seen on Buns. So precious. So there's two boys, Ian, Ian, Kian, and Ethan. So Kian, he's in a wheelchair and he's going to a Blue Jays game with his dad. Um, and they got accessible seats, and that was donated through a charity. Mm-hmm. And I, the person writing this post, he would like to take 
sorry, his name's uh, uh, Samadhi. I believe I'm saying that correctly. Samadhi. He wants to take Ethan as well. And those seats don't have to be accessible, but it's looking to be like, hey, man, does anybody have any tickets and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. How much time did it take? How much time before somebody was like, I got two tickets. Yeah. We're going to, you're going to the game. 14 minutes. 14 minutes. Unbelievable. Record time. And once again, the comments in this are just overfilled with joy. Just so, so, so quick. It was just such a little heartwarming story. And like, again, the power of buns. The power of buns. Power of buns. The power of buns compels you. The power of buns compels you. Um, so I found this hilarious post. Again, the comments is what make it. Um, this woman posted uh, an ISO for a something called a reborn baby doll. Uh, basically, it is a life-size looking real ass looking child you can buy them online custom made anywhere from one pound to nine pounds not sure necessarily why you would need this but again the gem comes in the comments uh stanley goes they're great for driving in the carpool lanes and i fully remember when the hov lanes got put in for like pan am games or whatever and people actually got pulled over and charged for having like fake people's in the car with them. Just think about all that time it goes into making something fake. You could have just left earlier. Yeah. <laughs> or straight up just carpooled with someone, which yeah. would have been good well, too. Carpooling? You mean saving the environment? How yeah. dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Not what we do here. All right, another one that just got me good. My man JoJo. He goes, ISO a cool walking stick or where to find one. I'm like, Jojo is looking for a cool stick. Somebody help this man. But, yeah, but the picture of a sticky, he, he basically picked the, a walking stick that looks like that looks like the Joker's staff with like a question mark on top. Mm -hmm. it, looks, it looks ridiculous. It does look ridiculous, but I feel it. You know, sometimes you just need a cool stick. Yeah, but a cool stick's like <laughs> Gandalf the Great yeah. has a cool stick. Wait, isn't it? Like Donatello. Isn't the, aren't those staffs though? That's not, I, I, a staff has more power than a stick. <laughs> My staff. Is, is that? I don't, you mean I don't know the difference? I don't know. Uh, like uh, a stick, I thought was just something that fell off a tree. I think stick maybe is just a general term for it, and then staff is would a fall type. with thunder. Yeah, it's like it's like these are all whiskeys, but bourbon's a type. Of, True. I think, we're, I think we're getting too deep on wow, this. Wow, look one. at that! You know <laughs> what you're talking about. Uh <sighs> There were a few things that have brought me as much joy yep. as what Sari Monroe did to me. I love the sigh that you did before we entered that. It's so good. You got to enter the um, mood here. ISO, a back issue or any back issue of Chart Magazine. There was this magazine called Chart Magazine. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't exist anymore. She couldn't even post a picture of it because she didn't find anything online from this magazine. Weird. That's how weird it is. So, so because she couldn't do that, she got this photo instead. Somebody... Inexplicably, mm -hmm. <laughs> made an album called Motown Nickelback covers, and it oh it, it is my sole mission now, online to find these and just see, <laughs> just see what someone did with that. I recently got into Motown music, actually. Like I started listening to it like pretty heavily, and I would love to hear this. <laughs> Look at this photograph. Every time it makes me laugh. That's like, you know, I think you're more swing. Oh, damn. I think if you do Motown, you have to be a black woman. Oh. I, think, I think that's the... That's just the rule. <laughs> that's the requirement. Damn. <laughs> and be from Detroit. Uh-huh. Um, I'll never be a Motown woman. I knew this was a thing because of a comedian friend of mine. Shout out to Ben Boschman. Um Ben Boschman. Adriana posted, um, apparently this is the place to trade teeth. Um, I don't know if that's true. You heard me right. That's That's teeth. If that's true or not, but I have my wisdom teeth for trade. If anyone is interested, ISO, I'm not much, just willing to talk about it. <laughs> Posting four of her four of her molars for these wisdom teeth. Oh um, man! And this caught fire. This caught fire. Straight up caught fire. There are a lot of people out here who are like, "What?" This got people what? chattering. What? what? Um, one person said, "It hey, would. What's your ISO? What's location?" Mm -hmm. It's like, "Listen, uh." She also said, interested in the one on the bottom right. <laughs> oh, no. Specific. Oh, so crazy. She's like, 
Um, not too much, but I'm willing to talk about it. Uh, message me, message me. I'll let you know what I have. I can meet in the downtown core. Like people are all over teeth. What would you use the teeth for? Put yourself in the in the mindset of someone that would need it. I. What would you think you would need it for? Need it for I would need it to not get any more friends. <laughs> that's that's what I would need. A telltale yeah, way. I would need to be like, oh, dude, you have teeth. Yeah, you know what? I I can't meet up with you next yeah. week. Sorry, or just, ever. <laughs> or ever. I feel like maybe somebody that like is practicing witchcraft would need it for a spell. You know? I need like a the feather of a raven and one wisdom tea. Oh, you know what they, al- you know they always need? They always need eye of newt. Eye of newt. <laughs> and dragon scales. Uh, I want to be a witch. I think here, that'd be fun. Here's a segue. Uh, here's a segue. <laughs> uh, pear, or pare, uh... Do you want something painted in frames? So he basically has these framed glass. So imagine mm-hmm. like see-through glass, just a frame of that. Yeah. And he paints cartoons onto them. Some oh. really good work. There, there, there are even some comments that some comments that verify how good this work is. And I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy some more because I already went to this guy earlier and they were way cool. Love the great, oh, great nice. quality. So it's hard to describe what they all look like, but it's just really cool painted glass. Mm-hmm. Um, and ISO, taxidermy, plants, weird stuff, cool stuff. You know what? Thank God I have a, a taxidermy meerkat just sitting in my bedroom waiting to be traded for this. Wait, I uh, I don't know if you're joking or not. It's a full joke. Oh, jeez. I, I kind of wish I had a meerkat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the scariest. No. Taxidermy, you know, if you into it, you into if it. You into it, you into it. But like, whoa. And one of the great reasons we're talking about this is because he would be, or she would be, actually, it looks like a he, would be a great candidate for the uh, the first annual spooky spooky flea market. Yes. Say that with English, an English intonation here. <laughs> first annual spooky flea market. That's a flea market that Bunce is putting on. It's going down at the Gladstone Hotel on Halloween. I need the spooky noise. Halloween night. <laughs> All right. Took a turn. Yeah, it's, oh, that was a weird one. It's happening on <laughs> Halloween, if you didn't know from those sound effects. Um, 8 p.m. to 12 midnight. If you do want to register, registration is still open if you want to be a vendor. Yeah. Um, it's not terribly expensive. You obviously get some cool trades out of it. You can also accept money for this one as oh, well. Oh, you can. You can. And there's, there are a lot of things going on. Check the Buns website. Um, even check Buns, uh, Buns Trading Zone. Mm-hmm. Site, everything, all the information's up there. Like I said, registration is still open. Mm-hmm. And if you got some cool stuff, they want things that are niche, mm-hmm. not just kind of widespread. Niche things that, you know, is going to sell. So this would be perfect. Yeah. I'm going to do a shameless plug here. Do it. Uh, my improv troupe, it's called The Kids Table. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we're performing at the Social Capital Theater on Friday, September 22nd at 9.30. It's a really cool event that happens on the fourth Friday of every month. It's called the $12... Um, beer beer show and you get uh, two beers with your ticket so it's kind of like it's, it's a great time and much fun to be had at the event so there it is. we'll hopefully see you there amazing uh i mean i've been Oren. and i have been laura and we'll see you soon bye too much shit in your apartment get rid of it today on the buns app available in the app store google play store or online at buns.com like I said at the top of the show, the interview this week is with Bezad of Naked and Famous Denim. A spoiler alert, I'm a huge, huge denim head, so we get into some real nerdy denim shit, but uh, if you haven't heard of Naked and Famous before, I strongly suggest you check it out. Some really interesting uh, pairs of jeans available. Uh, we kind of get into that, so without further ado, here's the interview. <laughs> Do this thing. Sure. Let's do this. Hey, Buns. Welcome to ISO, the Buns podcast. Uh, I'm, you know what? Actually, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because uh, I feel like I never do the guests justice when I, when I, you know, I'll give them this whole long introduction, but sure. I always miss something important. Okay. So why don't you tell the people who you are? 
All right. Well, my name is Bezad Trinos, and uh, I'm, I live here in Montreal, uh, Quebec, Canada, and I'm the sales manager for Naked and Famous Denim. Nice. Okay. So I feel like most people probably know what that is, especially those on buns. But if you don't know what Naked and Famous Denim is, uh, I guess my rundown would be, I mean, you guys make a lot of clothing, but mainly jeans. Yeah, we specialize in, in Japanese denim, and yeah. uh, we do all of our production right here in, in, in Quebec. Yeah, and it's like the range of denim that you can get is bizarre. But we'll get into that in sure. a second. But let's start in the beginning. Where did you grow up? Like, uh, tell me a little bit about how you got to Naked and Famous before. Yeah, so uh, I'm from Toronto originally. Nice. I'm born in Toronto. And, Hence uh, the 416 phone number. Yeah, I, right. I was wondering about yeah, that. I won't give up my 416 phone number. I've been in Montreal for eight years now, and I refuse to get rid of my 416. Nice. Even when 416 became 647, or, yeah. I, it was unacceptable for me to right. have a 647. Yeah, yeah. Because to me, I'm from Toronto. I want the 416 number, so I've always kept it. Yeah. And, you got uh, a great number, too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's pretty easy to remember. It's, it's not so bad, and uh, everyone assumes I'm associated with the devil in yeah, some way, yeah. so it's, uh, it's always good. There's a, there's a bunch of sixes in there, just, just so you guys yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I grew up uh, in Toronto uh, for most of my elementary school days. And uh, for junior high and high school, my family moved to Mississauga and uh, I, okay. I grew up there. Mm -hmm. uh, I went to uh, yeah junior high, high school. And then uh, I went to Ryerson um, for three days until I dropped out. So that was nice. What, know, were you, what were you taking? I was taking urban planning. Okay. And um, I think it was, it was like literally three or four days. Mm -hmm. So I fast tracked through high school. I don't know if you can do that anymore, but uh, back in the day when I was, we had OAC also, so grade yep. 13. And uh, basically they let you fill your course load up as much as you wanted yep. and you could take summer school. So you can get out of high school. Back then it was like five years. You could get out of it in like three and a half. So mm -hmm. that's basically what I did. So I, I just course loaded, went to university. I was sitting in a university classroom at like 16 years old. Yeah. And everyone was older than me, and I, I, I didn't know that ur urban planning was for me. It was kind of like a guidance counselor told me to do it, sure. so I did it. Yeah, yeah. And then I sat in there, and I'm like, uh-oh, I don't know if this is what I want to do. Okay. So uh, I don't really want to spend all this money doing this, yeah, yeah. only to find out in four years that there's no jobs and uh, that this is not exactly what I wanted to do. Sure. So uh, I... I uh, I don't know how I managed to get a refund, but I got a refund for my yeah. Really? Oh yeah, except for like four hundred, two or three or four hundred dollars, something like that. It was yeah. it was like not a lot of money. Well, it is a lot of money, but it, well, relatively relatively, speaking, it wasn't that bad. Money, yeah. And uh, so they gave me a refund, yeah. and I'm like, okay. I went back to high school, and I took one course in the morning, yeah, like one period. So the rest of my day was a spare. So I would go to school in the morning if I felt like it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then I just worked. I worked in an electronics store. Okay. And uh, and then after that, I uh, I found myself working at Holt Renfrew for a bunch of years. Oh no way! Yeah. So uh, I worked at the Sherway Gardens location for uh, I don't know maybe four, three or four years, something like that. Okay. And I worked in menswear. I worked in women's wear. I worked in kids. I, I was just floating around, uh, floating around that store. And then uh, and then I moved over to the Bloor Street location, so downtown. Yeah. So I was commuting to work every day. And, uh, so I was, I was in the, the contemporary department, you know, where they sell jeans and hoodies and t-shirts, that sure. kind of stuff, the, you know, the, 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 the casual wear. Yeah. And, uh, that's where I happened to meet, uh, Brandon, who was the, uh, the, oh, who was, who is the owner of, uh, Nick and Famous. And, uh, from there we kind of developed this relationship and I, I met him literally right when he started the brand. So he was in there, what, like checking on the merchandise? Or well, he was actually in there doing a product knowledge seminar. Okay. Um, and, uh. Our look of the Bloor Street location, at least at least Holt Renfrew in general, mm -hmm. they didn't even have the product in the store yet. So he w he would just happen to be, I guess, in town. And oh, so this was like fresh. This was really fresh. So yeah, the yeah. product hadn't even dropped. But because I was a denim nerd at heart, yeah. and I was on, I was already on all the denim forums, all the raw denim forums back then. <laughs> nice. I, I knew exactly who he was. Yeah. I knew I knew about the brand. So he came in, and I was like, hey, like, yo, like I know you, and yeah, yeah. I love your stuff. So we kind of hit it off, and. Uh, you know, every couple of months he would come in whenever I guess he was in Toronto to do, to do some uh, product knowledge seminars and we, we hit it off. And from there, uh, I guess he saw something in me and he, he offered me a position and uh, I was his first employee and I've I've been there ever since. That's and, amazing. Uh, from there, we've we've 
we've grown the company quite a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely quite a lot. I mean, it's pretty synonymous with um, raw denim. Yeah. You know, if anyone who who wants to like dip their toe into the raw denim, you know, arena is going to like pretty much anyone who's into it is going like, to at least own one pair of Naked and Famous, I'd say. I, I sure hope so. I think we've carved ourselves uh, carved ourselves out a, a little niche, and you know we're, we're on the radar, yeah. which is which is pretty incredible because there's a lot of raw denim brands that are sure. out there. And uh, but I think that you guys straddle the fence pretty well because it's not just denim heads. Like there's a lot of brands that are, you know people love, you know Japan Blue or whatever that that are like straight up sure. at least in North America for for like denim heads. Yeah. But you guys have have both sides of it. You have these guys who are like pure denim collectors who want you know some of the special edition stuff that you guys mm-hmm. put out. But then there's also just people who are into fashion or you know, whatever that are just like, Oh, these are cool jeans. Sure. I mean, for us, it's important to have, you know, a general consumer. So when Mm -hmm. we're thinking about making products, we're trying to pull from a lot of that, like nerdy detail that comes from like, you know, the Japanese denim heritage, Right. but we try to make it in a way that, you know, the guy who's buying it doesn't have to know why there's, why all these features are special. All he knows is that when he puts them on, they look really nice. They feel really great. And, uh, there, there, there's something, that he can see in that fabric that makes him really special, but he doesn't need to know every detail. Exactly. It's but, like eating at a really, really fancy restaurant. Right. You don't have to know how they made all that delicious food. You just know that when you taste it, yeah. it's fantastic. But I think especially with the denim that you guys create, it's easier for somebody who, you know, <clears throat> there might be somebody who, who picks up a, a standard pair of raw denim and it's just like, well, you know, these jeans are $400. Why would I pay $400? I can just buy jeans for whatever, 50, 60, 70 bucks. But sure. when they look at yours, it, especially there, I mean, we'll get into some of the wild stuff mm-hmm. in a second, but it's pretty clear like, Oh, these aren't your regular pair of jeans. No. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we like to use a lot of crazy materials. We make cashmere denim. We've made wool denim. We've yep. made paper denim. Uh, you know, we, we use basically anything you can imagine to dye fabric with. Yeah. We've either used it or developed the dye for it. Well, so, so let's get into that right now then, because sure. Uh, you know, you have you have the glow in the dark denim. Mm-hmm. You've got which I missed out on. I'm sad about, but the you had the red pomegranate dye That's denim. Right. You know, and I've got a bunch of the the left hand twill, yeah. all all that stuff. What are some of the more crazy ones that you can think of? Well, one of my favorite ones that we've done uh, was the coffee dye denim. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And this one was kind of one of these freak show kind of accidents that 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 happened. Uh, this is a couple of years ago. Brandon and yeah. I, we were in Japan and we were doing a, uh, a meeting with one of our, our uh, denim suppliers. Yeah. And they're showing us all their newest fabrics and all their latest developments. And uh, as is typical in a, in a Japanese meeting, they always bring you out a little coffee or a little tea. Yeah. If you're in Japan, 100% of the time, yeah. they will bring you a coffee or a tea or a water. Water, yeah. So uh, I'm having my little coffee and I spill it all over all of their new swatches. Oh, no. And the guys are just looking at me like, oh. And I'm like, don't worry, guys. It's coffee dyed denim. And I smiled. Brandon smiled. They smiled. And we're like, okay, wait a second. Like, we're, we're on to something here. Yeah. So uh, a few minutes later, we were literally on the phone with some dye houses, some natural, uh, natural dye houses to see if we could uh, make this happen. And right. from that moment... Uh, we developed uh, the first Japanese salvage coffee dyed denim. That's amazing. Yeah. That's, uh, it's kind of crazy because um, I know that you've got, did that kind of spawn the whole line of other naturally dyed denims? Because I know you have a a couple of those, right? I think that was, I don't know if that was the first natural dye, but I think it was the first kind of out of the box natural dye uh, that we did. You know, in Japan, there's uh, a tradition of persimmon dyeing. So we've done some persimmon yeah. dyed items before. Uh, but since then, we've done... Uh, I'm trying to think. We've, we've, we recently just released a wine-dyed Japanese selvage denim. Oh, really? Uh, dyed with real red wine. Okay, I got to check right. that out. Because so the, I missed I missed the pomegranate ones. Those are red, so maybe I can pick up the, yeah. the wine dyed So ones. we've done the pomegranate ones. We, we did some shirts uh, dyed in all kinds of different flowers. We, we even did a green tea dyed denim. Uh, we yeah, we yeah. actually sampled a, a beer dyed denim. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, we we kind of were thinking like, what kind of like alcoholic drinks do people like? Like it, beer and wine. I yeah. think maybe we'll try whiskey at some point. Mm-hmm. But uh, the problem with the beer dye was that 
the the yarns were kind of beigeish yellow. They kind of looked like natural cotton. Right. So it didn't have that same kind of impact as like the red wine or the pomegranate right. or like the persimmon dye does, where you could really, really tell what it's dyed from. Mm-hmm. So if I were to just show somebody like a beer dyed gene, yeah. maybe they're going to think, well, this is just normal cotton. Like, right. You know, yeah, you're yeah. not really going to see it so well. So uh, we also try to make sure that it's very obvious to some degree yeah. what it's made of. You probably need like dyed. a super dark stout or something. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, speaking of crazy styles, I'm, I'm sitting here in your apartment just surveying all of your video games. Oh, thank you. And uh, I know I read online and I saw a little teaser that you guys are doing a little Street Fighter action? Yeah, that's right. So Can you uh, talk about that I at all? I can talk a little bit about that yeah. because there's a lot of data, a lot of information that, that I can't reveal yet. But yeah. uh, coming soon, uh, there will be... Uh, Do we a, know how soon? And the next... <laughs> I'm going to say in the next month, yeah. you're going to get a tra- the, the, the official release trailer. Yeah. So we did a teaser trailer a couple of months ago yeah. uh, that essentially was there to introduce the concept of... Naked and Famous Denim meets Street Fighter 2. Yeah. You know, what What does that mean exactly? And, and There's you, a lot of conjecture online right now. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, discussion about yeah. it. And, you know, I, I do a lot of these Instagram live uh, uh, videos. So yeah. uh, people are always asking me about it. And uh, I've, I've revealed some details. Uh, like we're going to be releasing some shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and these shirts are all made with... Uh, uh, Japanese material with uh, you know your favorite uh, Street Fighter icons uh, embroidered right into the fabric, so it's going to be like repeating pattern shirts that are really cool. Yeah, and then we're going to have some some jeans naturally, and uh, the information for the jeans that's going to come soon. You're going to see that in the reveal trailer. Yeah, so watch out for that. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was fantastic. I mean, I'm I'm a video game nerd. I'm a Street Fighter nerd. Yeah, yeah. I've been playing it since you know the beginning. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, Brandon and I, we were in Japan and, uh, you know, we got to go to uh, Capcom Japan uh, office in Tokyo. Yeah. It was, it, I was like a kid in the candy store. Yeah, that's amazing. And, uh, you know, they actually gave me a you know, little Chun-Li figurine. So I'm pretty happy about that. So nice. uh, they, they told me not to sell it. So so I think <laughs> it, it might be rare or something. Uh, so that's amazing. Yeah, I'm happy about that. I'm, I'm excited to see what that looks like. Uh, OK, you know, I feel like I should have done this at the top, but we'll just do it now. Um, we talk a lot about raw denim, mm-hmm. but I feel like there's some people out there who wear jeans and they're just like, oh, these are my jeans. Yeah. They, they probably don't even know what raw denim is. So sure. we should probably explain that a little bit. Um, and I feel like maybe you, you can do that better than I can. Yeah. Well, basically raw denim is denim that hasn't been, that hasn't been uh, pre-washed or pre-distressed uh, when you buy them. So yeah. it's the fabric as uh, just as if it's uh, come right off of the loom. Yeah. Uh, they cut and sew it right then and there. So... Typically, what happens with that jean is, uh, you know, if you if you if you go to the mall and you you see a pair of jeans that has all these rips and paint splatters and things like that, somebody yeah. has to do that, or so, even just fades, or fades, yeah. yeah. Some, somebody has to do that, so uh, they take take it to a factory, and usually there's a guy with, uh, you know, a power sander or like a they have like these guns that can like shoot sand really uh, really hard, yeah. and they have these like patterned plates that go underneath. And, yeah. If you're you know, curious, just go on Reddit or, or YouTube or something. On you YouTube, can you can it. see it, and uh, there's even these laser ones now, which yeah. are kind of weird. Uh, but I think those are designed so that they don't have to use as much water in, in the washing process but uh essentially they're they're taking a perfectly good pair of jeans mm-hmm. they're damaging them for you yeah and then they sell them to you for more money right it's uh it's a weird concept it's the weird it's the only thing that anybody buys already broken right like you, you wouldn't buy a car with rust on it yeah. right i mean you would but you're not going to pay full price or more for it right. you know you wouldn't buy a, a an ipod with a broken screen oh mm-hmm. it's so vintage it's so you know used and lived in yeah. it's the only thing that uh, that that we do so what we do is that to a certain degree um we take denim fabrics and yeah. we we make them special we use special dyes we use special looms we we, we take the artisanal approach right. to creating uh somewhat of a an ordinary object and uh from there we cut, make, and sew, and we let you, the wearer, decide the future of these jeans. Right. So, uh, because we haven't pre-washed them or pre-distressed them, all the indigo is still left right there in the fabric, and they're dyed in a special way that is designed to to help them fade and age very naturally and beautifully. Yeah. And indigo itself is a living color. I mean, you can look at any uh, most most uh, cultures in the world have some kind of indigo heritage, and you'll and you'll see that there's always this beautiful uh, indigo textile uh, uh, history that they'll have. So just like that, your jeans are going to age and fade beautifully with time and wear. So yeah. the idea is, 
you, you, you buy a pair of jeans, you wear them, you live in them, and however way they fade yeah. is a representation of how you live your life. And they become unmistakably you for sure. Oh, there's no question about it. Um, okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so I know one of the sort of tenets of this, this whole process, uh, and this might be foreign to some again, is you don't wash your jeans all that sure. often. Or a lot of people don't. I yeah. mean... It depends on who you who you talk to. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people don't wash their jeans very often. Some some like hardcore denim heads maybe even never wash their jeans. Yeah. But like I, standard practice for raw denim is maybe once a year. People say. How, sure. How often do you wash yours? So there's a lot of folklore when it comes to raw denim. Uh, yeah. And I think that's part of the fun of it because you know there's a lot of experimentation to see right. what happens when you do something or when you don't do something. So. The Back in the day, whole ocean wash thing. Sure, I mean right? I've ocean washed, I've stuck jeans in the freezer. You know, I've, yeah. I've tried it all, and uh, for me, um, it, it really depends because the whole concept behind raw denim is that these jeans are to become personal to you. Yeah. So, with that respect, do whatever the heck you want to do with them, mm-hmm. and the however way they turn out is going to represent the way you wore them. But I understand. There are some people who want that really, really authentic, super used, worn in look. Yeah. And if you want to achieve that, well, the idea here is that you're going to wear your jeans yeah. very often. Most often people will wear them every day. Yeah. And you wear them for as long as you possibly can without washing, uh, without washing them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then at some point, it could be six months or a year or, yeah. or more, uh, you can wash them or you can never wash them. I have friends who've worn jeans uh, for three or four years straight, never wash them. Yeah. And they've worn them to basically threads. Right. And they're like, okay, I can't wear these anymore because uh, they're disgusting and uh, you know they're going to fall off my body. Yeah. Um, so wash your jeans if you want to wash your jeans. Don't yeah. wash your jeans if you don't want to wash your jeans. There's pros and cons to all of those things too. The, 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 the more time you wear your jeans without washing them, the more prone they are to damage and rips and tears and yeah. that type of thing. Well. Because I was I was reading an article. This was a long time ago, but um, that big denim shop in L.A. whose name escapes me right now. Um, uh, American Rag, maybe. No. Oh my God. I don't know. They they do they sell a lot of. Uh, anyway, it doesn't okay. matter. Uh, I was I was reading uh, an interview with the owners, and they were saying it's crazy. You should wash your jeans once a month because, for exactly those reasons, the yeah. the longer you take in between washes the more susceptible you are to terrorists and it needs the moisture or whatever to like stop it from getting destroyed. I'm at the point where I actually wash my jeans every couple of weeks, uh, mostly because I'm trying to fade out my jeans in a very uniform manner. I like to have them faded, you know, top to bottom without like these high contrast uh, bits that you'll get uh, when you, when you don't wash your jeans so often. Um, but I understand. I mean, as, as a shop, and, and we have a shop as well, you deal with a lot of people who, who wear through their jeans. So sure. um, some people expect their jeans to last forever, um, but they're wearing them in, in such a way that, you know, most people don't wear their jeans. Yeah. You know, uh, most normal people, they might have a pair of jeans. They wear them once or twice a week, if that, mm-hmm. and they wash them every, you know, everywhere, every couple of wears. Yeah. And they last them a long, long time. But in our community, we're wearing our jeans seven days a week, you know, many, many hours a day. We're putting them through incredible conditions. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes you get a random email. Hi, I've been wearing my jeans for uh, nine months straight. Haven't washed them. And uh, something ripped. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. But that's part of the process. Yeah. And and for some people, I think it's also, you know, not that you want to like wear out your jeans or anything, but if you're... You know the real denim head. Well, I shouldn't say the real denim heads, but a lot of denim denim heads have like a, a lineup waiting. Sure. So as soon as yeah. one pair dies, you're it, gonna jump in the next pair. It, it so. certainly happens. Uh, I mean, because we're not just fans of the product jeans. We're very we're, we're very much fans of uh, the fabric itself. So there's a lot of people like us who are creating artisanal fabrics, fabrics that you're never going to see, fabrics that can never be mass produced. Right. And uh, if you want them, you got to get them because, you know, they may not be there in six months. They may not be there in a year. You know, they they did one production lot of this, of this fabric. That's it. And that's that. If you don't get them, well, you missed your opportunity. They're never going to make these again. Right. It's like buying a special batch of of whiskey or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you don't get it right when it comes out, well, they're gone. Or a certain vintage of wine. Yeah, exactly. This place I was trying to remember, by the way, because it was going to kill me if I didn't figure it out, was South Edge. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Okay, so what is your favorite uh, that you you've got you guys have released most recently? Like uh, of the current, what's out there? Sure. What's your favorite? Well, I'm I'm glad take? that you you asked me about me most recently because uh, I mean I get this question all the time. What's yeah. what's my favorite gene? And we've made so many different right. genes. It's over hard the years. to it's hard to nail one down. But uh, this season, we're releasing a gene called the Vulgar Selvage. Okay. And uh, on the outside, it looks like a pretty standard, you know, raw denim jean. It's a 12 and a half ounce weight. So n- it's a nice mid-weight jean. You know, you could wear it in the summer. You could wear it in the winter. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a, it has a short slub, so a little bit of texture to it. So as the jeans fade, you'll get a little bit of a 3D look to it as mm-hmm. well. Uh, but on the inside, along the self-edge, yeah. uh, we have your favorite swear words embroidered into uh, the fabric. Nice. So, uh, you know, you can flip up. I like to say you can flip up the cuff and flip off your friend. So uh, I, I think it's a little cheeky and it's a yeah. little bit fun. So, you know, you take a, a very simple uh, idea and, uh, and, and and make it funny. It kind of reminds me of the uh, you had one a little while ago that, again, I always ki- I'm kicking myself, but it's impossible to get them all right. If you can't but, get them all. Some people I've seen people with like crazy collections. There's one guy in Thailand I yeah. met recently and uh, we, we do events in Thailand once a year and, and uh, he came to see us and. He brought me like a bag full of jeans because he wanted me to sign them. Yeah. And uh, oddly enough, like when we go to Thailand, we get a lot of fans who come and they want us to sign their jeans. Yeah. This guy came with like, I think it was like 10 or 15 pairs of jeans yeah. for me to sign. And then he's like, yeah, I have 28 pairs of your jeans. And then he like whoops out his phone and he starts showing me all the different ones. I'm like, whoa, man, you could start your own store. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he emails me kind of semi-regularly now because he like every time there's a new release, yeah. he's getting them. I have a friend uh, in uh, in Switzerland, and he has something like fourteen thousand pairs. No joke, fourteen thousand pairs of jeans. That's incredible. And uh, I don't. Where would you even keep all that? Oh, it's it's insane. He has them. He has most of them organized, but yeah. uh, they're they're all in boxes. He's got a storage room full of them. Whoa. He's got like a bajillion denim jackets. He collects denim. He loves denim. He's yeah. the Swiss jeans freak. Uh, his name is Rudy, and he's he's pretty he's a pretty yeah. unique character. You can look him up on Instagram. I definitely will. If you've ever Instagrammed anything about raw denim, yeah, Swiss jeans freak has probably commented on it. That's amazing. He loves raw denim. He's, That's he's, amazing. He's a maniac. He's awesome. Yeah, I know you guys. You guys did that um, to get back to the the in the. You know, inside of the jeans or whatever. You did one with like pinup girls, I think. Yeah, it was. yeah, that's right. I think yeah. we did those for. I'm pretty sure we did those for Barney's. Yeah. Uh, Barney's New York. A couple years ago, like a couple three years ago. Yeah, we had the pinup ago, girls on the inside. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of sad that I, I had them in my hands, and I'm like, ah. yeah. It, you know what? I feel for you because, like, I not not only do I love denim, but I yeah. love collecting things. I mean, you, you're here in my apartment. You see, I have, I have a lot of video games. Yeah. And sometimes, I will. I see something that I really, really want. Or yeah. Maybe it's not. You know, it's a good price. It's not the best price in the world. Yeah. And I'll put it down, and then I miss out on that opportunity, and it's gone forever. In one instance and this is we're kind of going no uh, absolutely that's the whole point of this thing when i was a kid um i i lent one of my games to a buddy of mine it was a game called final fight i mean it's pretty i mean if you're a retro gamer or yeah final fight's amazing yeah yeah. very good game and uh, i lent it to him and for some reason or somehow it got lost or stolen or something and uh his mom felt really bad and she wanted to replace it for me no problem right yeah so couple days later she uh comes over to my place she's like okay you know i, I bought you a, a, a you know i went to the store i yeah. bought you a new copy uh, like a new used copy uh just to replace it for you and uh i i took it in my hands and it said final fight guy now if you're a game collector yeah you know that this is a very 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 rare video game yeah but i looked at it and i'm like no this isn't and of course, in the 90s, the, the concept of rare video games really didn't exist. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Nobody was collect. I mean, there, I'm sure there were people who were collecting games, but not, but not, not really. the way it is today. Yeah. So I looked at it and I'm like, this isn't the game I lent him. Like, I appreciate the gesture, but yeah. like, I really want the same game back. Right. I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Basically, this game that she brought me was the same game that I lent him, but this was the Blockbuster video exclusive version that you could only rent. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't buy it. Um, and instead of one... Of the, basically, there was a character swap, so one of the games, one of the characters in the game uh, was removed in, a, in place for a different character that uh, in, in this version. That's why yeah. they called it Guy. The character's name was Guy. 
And uh, so I gave it back to her. And a couple of days later, she got me my uh, my original copy back. Yeah. And then years later, that got stolen. I guess this, I have no luck with this game. <laughs> but uh, look up this game online on eBay now. Yeah, it's, see, it's, see it's what people are paying for. It. for it's this insane. game, And it's, it's very, very difficult to get. So I always regret that. I yeah. Regret that. Well, I mean, there's... When, especially when it comes to video games, for me, because I'm, I, it seems like we have a lot of intersecting interests, but I remember um, there's a Super Nintendo game called Earthbound. Yes. Um, I'm and, a friend with the big box. Yeah. And so yeah. They, they were blowing them out when I, like, because it didn't sell very well when it, when it came out, actually. And so I remember, like, a bunch of, a bunch of the big boxes yeah. just, like, in a, in a bargain bin. And I was like, ah, who wants this game anyway? Yeah. And now I'm looking back like, oh my god! Yeah, I want all of them. Yeah, I I don't know the exact price, but I, I think a, like a very good condition big box. Yeah, I think they go for maybe around eight hundred or a thousand dollars, something like that. Yeah, so. it's it's one of the most expensive Super Nintendo games I think out there. If yeah. you can find it, like. the, the 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 most expensive ones I think I'm, I'm don't quote me on this one. Or the blockbuster exclusives. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, any yeah. of those aside, because those are like almost like um, uh, mistakes off the line or something. They're so rare. Like, yeah, basically, you had to buy it when Blockbuster was clearing out some of their old inventory, and yeah. you just happened to to come across one of these things, right. you know, in a bargain bin. Uh, it, w- it was never like mass market sold or no, anything. No, so. no, pretty wild though. Yeah. Okay. Well, to, to bring it back around to denim. Let's uh, let's let people know where they can find Naked and Famous if they're interested in seeing all these crazy styles that we just talked about. Sure, yeah. Well, you can check us out on our website at uh, www.nakedandfamousdenim.com, and uh, you can you, anyway, you can click through the website. You can see a, a, a lot about uh, what we do and all the different products that we make. There's uh, there's a shop now button that takes you to our our physical and re- and online shop uh, called Tate and Yoko. It's a it's a physical shop here in Montreal mm-hmm. and an online shop. Uh, for the rest of the world, if you if you can't make it out here, you guys should sign up. Uh, not that I'm trying to sell anything on this podcast, but you should sign up for the newsletter because y- there's all these crazy 24 hour deals. Yeah, we do have exclusive uh, content for our newsletter subscribers. So, you know, some people like they berate you with crap and like you know we don't, we try not to send send you too many emails, but when we do, it's it's valuable uh, information. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Yeah. Well, since this podcast is coming out after this weekend, because I know you're having a big sale this mm-hmm. weekend. What are in some of the mystery bags? I'm just curious. Oh, well, uh, so the mystery bags are, they're, I mean, it is a mystery, but if yeah. you want to know the mystery behind the mystery, it's, you know, when I, whenever we do a production lot of something, maybe make a 800 pairs of jeans or 1,200 mm-hmm. pairs of jeans, uh, and then we, we sell them, you know, to, we, sell, we send them out to our, our, our wholesale partners, our, yeah. our retail partners, and, uh, you know, we sell them online and, you know, Basically, at the end of that that product, you know, we're left with a dozen pairs or eight pairs or nine pairs. Yeah. But the the size runs are broken, and in 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 retail denim terms, that means yeah. there isn't one of every size. You might have two twenty eights, a thirty four, a thirty six, and a thirty eight. Yeah. Something like that. So like your retail partners, they're not generally interested in buying product that is so broken. Right. Right. So you know they want to have a full size run so that they can have every size in their store. So when a customer comes in, yeah, they can service the customer. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, naturally, because we make so many different products, there's always these like odds and sods of great product, yeah. but random sizes. So, uh, you know, we have them on sale on our website and, you know, you can find them uh, if you want something specific, you can shop for it that way. Yeah. Or uh, if you take a chance on a mystery bag, uh, you get a very, very good deal. Yeah. But we send you something out of mystery. So you pick your, so- your, your, your size and the fit that you like, yeah. and then we'll send you something out. And, uh, I mean, to date, it's very, very rare. I mean, we, we sell a lot of these whenever we do these promotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, people are very happy with what they get. So uh, it's, it's worth taking a chance if you've got a couple bucks to, you should to definitely, try out. You should definitely do it. It's a good way to, to get into the raw denim game. If you're if you're not familiar, you want to give it a shot because, like you said, it's a, it's a little bit cheaper. But look, I got two questions for you. Yeah. One is de- denim care related and the other one's just uh, brand related. But look, the most common thing that I hear from all of my friends, regardless of denim brand, mm-hmm. is when jeans die, it's usually the crotch that goes first. Crotch yeah, blowout. That's pretty common. How do we av- how do we avoid said crotch yeah, blowout? Some people are just naturally prone to it. They've got like powerful legs. I don't know what, what it is. Sure. But they doesn't matter the brand, doesn't matter anything, and they're just they, they tear through jeans. So yeah. Um, if this is you, mm-hmm. um, and you know, it's you because all of your pants, this happens to you. Yeah. Um, 
you got to watch out for the signs. So, you know, every now and then inspect your genes yeah. and make sure that there's no little holes forming and, uh, or watch out for when little holes form. And when that happens, reinforce the area. And if you're not handy with a, a, ne a needle and thread, yeah. uh, bring it to a tailor shop. You know, you can ask them to reinforce the crotch. That's going to help yeah. uh, uh, prolong the life of that gene. And, and that's not just for people who are prone to, to, to crotch blows, but, yeah. but for anybody, right. uh, you know, anytime you see a little bit of damage happening on your genes, yeah. you got to take care of it because that little damage becomes a big damage and that big damage becomes a huge damage. Right. And there, there is generally a point of no return. Uh, but there are, there are services out there that can fix anything. Yeah. Uh, there's this, uh, service in New York called denim therapy. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. uh, I mean, I think you can bring them in in person if you're ever in New York, but uh, they also do this stuff online and they charge you by uh, by the size of the damage. Yeah. And uh, I've seen them fix anything. Like you you can take a shredded pair of jeans to them. Really? Uh, I mean, don't quote me on yeah, this, yeah. but you could probably take a pair of jeans and put it through like a paper shredder and they'll figure out a way to fix it. Like that, they're that amazing. good. They're incredible. Whoa. So if you're really big denim head and you want to save that that you know, coveted pair of jeans, denim therapy, check it out. Yeah. Okay. So last question, naked and famous is, uh, Japanese denim made in Canada. That's right. So the denim is made in Japan. Yeah. It's imported into Canada mm -hmm. right here where we're from. And we do all the cut, make and sew right here in uh, Montreal. Uh, but is it sold in Japan? Yeah, actually it is. And how do they, how do they take to it? Because I feel like it's kind of a, it would be especially interesting for them because uh, for those of you who don't know, Japan is, is well known for their, for their denim and their, you know, denim heads love Japanese yeah. made jeans. So I think the view of us in Japan is a little bit different. It's, uh, it's kind of like if somebody, somebody were to come to Canada and try to sell you maple syrup. Right. There, it's like, well, we, we, we kind of know about maple syrup. We're not, we're, not, we're not being sold on the concept of Japanese denim. Right. But I think they're more interested in the fact that we're creating interesting and very, very different fabrics that, that are not seen anywhere else well, yeah. combined with like our Canadian-ness. And I, I think there's this view of Canadian-made products as being really strong and tough. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we have customers who, who buy us for that reason. And then we also have like fashion customers who like our, our modern fits. So right. that's something you don't see in a lot of like traditional Japanese heritage brands yeah. is that they're trying to reproduce, you know, fits from the 40s and 50s and right. 60s. Uh, but we're not trying to do that. We we try to make modern yeah. and stylish. Uh, well, fits, and none so. of their jeans glow in the dark. No, that's so, absolutely right. So, they don't. But yeah. uh, so you know, if you like a nice slim leg or a tapered leg jean that that's up to date with you know yeah. uh, the style of the time, like right now, we do that. But we also pull from uh, quality characteristics that you will find in uh, you know old school methods of production. Yeah. Well, I think that's all the questions that I've got for you. But is there anything else you want to let the people know about? that we haven't already covered. Um, yeah, oh, you know what? There is one thing. Sure. Sorry to cut you off yeah, there. Yeah. I think it's important that people know that uh, the way that we got in contact was... Uh, uh, oh, through the Reddit community. Yeah, I saw that you yeah. were in the in the raw denim sort of Reddit forums or whatever you mm -hmm. want to call them, um, subreddits. Yep. And uh, it's actually you guys uh, and you personally manage the social media, at least the Reddit part of it. Yeah. And it's not just, you know, some company run something. Like no, no. We're, we're a very small company is what a lot of people don't realize. You know, sometimes people come up to me and they're like, what are you, like a $100 million company now? I'm like, if I was a $100 million company, <laughs> I wouldn't be setting up this trade show booth right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, You'd have a lot more video games in this. Yeah, I, I would have way more video games. But uh, no, we're, we're a very, very small team. Like day-to-day -day Naked and Famous operations. I mean, we've got three salespeople. Mm -hmm. Brandon, the owner. His sister helps us out with operations. Like, that's... We have a pattern maker who's on hand all all the time. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, we have a warehouse staff, we have factory staff, things like that. But, you know, between like myself, Risa and Tammy, who are our sales team. Yeah. Like we do a lot of stuff. It's, it's, it's not just sales. You know, we're doing yeah. design, we're doing customer service. We do the social media, you know, we help run the store. So. But you guys must be at it at all times because your stuff is everywhere. Like literally uh, yeah. everywhere I go. I see Naked and Famous. We're in some very nice stores. Yeah. And, and uh, I think, you know, I thank them so much for recognizing, you know, the, the products that we make and, and, and carrying our products and doing such a good job of doing that. And, uh, and I think it's, uh, it's our brand value that also attracts a lot of people to our brand. Mm -hmm. You know, we make a very, very high quality product. 
but yeah. our yeah. prices are better than anybody's. Of course, in the raw denim world, uh, it's around. You, it's it, the most uh, bang for your buck that you're probably going to get. Oh yeah, no questions asked. I mean, yeah. and and that's because of the size of our company. You know, we, yeah. we do you we guys try, do unbranded as well? Yeah, we 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 own the unbranded brand. That's our brand. So yeah, that's a, a subline of, of products that we Wh- make. Which also. is even more affordable. Yeah, it's even which more is affordable. Like insane. Yeah. Insane. We're all about brand value. You know, our, our company, Naked and Famous Denim, started about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brandon's grandfather was the one who actually pioneered the whole thing. Nearly 70 years ago, right here in Montreal, he started a workwear company. We've been making jeans and workwear here for a long time. And uh, it's always been about value. It's always, it, it really truly is. Make the best possible product at the best possible price and yeah. you can't go wrong. So we live by that philosophy. Yeah, and it, I mean, it served me well so far. It's pretty much... Uh, aside from some of the jeans that I've bought in Japan, pretty much all I wear and uh, super thanks every so day. Much. But yeah, anyway, uh, you guys should check it out. Uh, like I said, like uh, you said, go to the website and uh, yeah, just see a- some of the crazy stuff that's on offer. And then yeah. And you can you, definitely find good deals. You can definitely find good deals. I mean, our, our prices, our regular prices are, are, are fantastic. And when we, when we, when we have some offers, uh, they're, they're, they're wonderful as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we also have a store locator on our website there. So, uh, if you're not in Montreal or, 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 uh, or you want to find our products locally, you could check out that store locator and uh, see if there's any stores near you. And if there isn't a store near you that you can find our products, talk to your local retailer, let them know that you, you want them. Yeah. And, uh, that's that's really the best way to 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 get our products introduced to your region. Sure, but there's a good chance if you're listening to this, there is a, a naked famous pair of denim not too far from where you're standing. I, I, hope I assume. So. I mean, downtown Toronto. There's downtown yeah, Toronto. A million you're gonna, you're places gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah. That, that you can get this, but hopefully the the reach of this show will be a little wider than that. Anyway, thanks for uh, sitting and chatting with me. It was. Uh, it's my pleasure. Great to learn a little bit more about uh, the denim industry. And thanks for reaching out. Yeah. So I can float into your Okay, music this week is from Alonzo, Carlos Alonzo. If you want to check it out, go to alonzo.band a-l-o-n-s-o dot band yeah that's the full website alonzo dot band or facebook.com slash alonzo band thanks for the music man have a good week guys until next week